The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Good morning. In my 10 years as a drive-time talk show host on New York's WGBB AM 1240 radio, I always gave the weather forecast on the air. That got me thinking about what kind of weather forecast I could do here on Breakfast with Game Changers, since we have a global Internet Business Channel audience. I started to think about a game-changing business weather, and the meteorological term that came to mind was cloudy. Now, stay with me here for a second. I wondered how far back in time people were forecasting the cloud. A quick historical check on my favorite informational Bible, Wikipedia, revealed that back in the 1950s, a man named Herb Grosch, G-R-O-S-C-H, predicted that the entire world will operate on dumb terminals powered by about 15 large data centers. Hmm. Checked a little further and found out that in the 1960s, John McCarthy said, and I quote, computation may someday be organized as a public utility. The same decade, Douglas Parkhill wrote a book called The Challenge of the Computer Utility. So now, that got me thinking, and I'm pleased to bring you today's Breakfast with Game Changers official weather forecast. The prevailing business weather map shows clearly visible stars sparkling across the sky as the cloud continues to disrupt business as usual in a very good way. Our extended outlook calls for bright days ahead as the cloud is here to stay. A little bit of rhyme, not intentional. So you've heard the buzz and you've heard the hype about the cloud, but do you really know what it is and what could it do for you and your business? Sandhill Group did some research and saw a dramatic leap in cloud computing adoption in the fourth quarter of 2010. But they also saw that many small to mid-sized businesses are just plain confused about the meaning of cloud computing. Here's a little pop quiz for everybody listening. Do you know the difference between the cloud and high-tech trends like Web 2.0, social media, virtualization, software as a service we call SaaS, infrastructure as a service, IAAS, platform as a service, PAAS, and web-based tools like email and collaboration applications? I know, I know, so much alphabet soup. But if you're already cloud savvy and you've decided to take your company to the cloud, do you understand the must-haves and the gotchas that can make your cloud journey either smooth or rocky? Okay, it's time to pour yourself a fresh cup of Joe, Earl, or OJ and join us for Food for Thought as my panel of experts gaze skyward to help demystify the cloud and set you on the right path. I'd like to introduce you to my first two guests in this segment of the show. I will welcome Kamesh Pemaraju, the head of cloud research at the Sandhill Group. Kamesh is co-author of the critically acclaimed Leaders in the Cloud Research Study. He has been recognized in the top 50 bloggers on cloud computing, and he made the grade on Cloud TP's best cloud computing blogs list. Very commendable. Kamesh helps enterprises and tech vendors accelerate their transition to the cloud, and he has consulted at Fortune 1000 companies, including GE, GM, Motorola, HP. I go on and on. Welcome, Kamesh. How are you today? Pretty good, Bonnie. Thanks for that introduction. I'm, I'm very glad to have here. you, and I want you to just hang tight because I want to bring in our other guest on this segment who's going to share the microphone with you. Our other expert is Lauren Nelson. She's an analyst at Forrester Research. Lauren focuses on some more of our alphabet soup, the Infrastructure as a Service, IAAS space. Since mid-2011, Lauren has published market overviews on public and private IAS clouds, the future of cloud standardization, and evaluating cloud computing as a green technology, and I can't wait to talk 
talk to her about that. Over the past three years, Lauren has conducted hundreds of end-user interviews and vendor product demos for this space. Welcome, Lauren Nelson. How are you today? Good. How are you doing, Bonnie? Very, very good. Okay. I'm going to ask you, too, what you're drinking in just a minute, but we have to dive deep into the cloud and get this party started. So, Kamesh, define the cloud in your own terms. I know you're a guru in this space. Consumer cloud, business cloud. Tell me, what should people know to get this started? Uh, Bonnie, the way I I look at it is let's stay away from all the jargon and all the alphabet soup soup stuff. It really confuses people. Uh, The simplest way to really explain cloud is to think of it as services and not systems. And think of what you do today in your personal lives. When you're using Twitter and doing that 140-word tweet, you're using the cloud. Mm -hmm. When you're using Facebook and, you know, sending that wonderful updates of your family vacation, you're using the cloud. When you use Skype to, you know, converse with colleagues and friends around the world, you're using the cloud. And, uh, you know, what you're, what's happening is you have the anywhere, anytime Internet access today, and you're accessing those 24-7 cloud services on the back end using all kinds of devices. So think of them as services, not systems. Okay, good start. And I like the idea that, well, frankly, I'm using the cloud because I'm on a Skype headset here on Breakfast with Game Changers, so I'm already here diving deep into the cloud. Lauren Nelson, why is the cloud such a game changer? What did it bring that was so different? Let's let's look at the business front right now. Cloud game changer. Talk to me. So I, the biggest way in which cloud is a game changer is this new pricing model, um, this pay-per-use model where business units no longer have to purchase substantial amounts of infrastructure or uh, software licenses for their entire enterprise. It means that they're going to be able to have these resources at their fingertips without having to make a substantial upfront cost. And that's really where cloud is the game changer. In many other ways, it incorporates other technologies such as automation, virtualization, a lot of other uh, technologies that everyone's used to and it's been in the market for a long period of time where it really is that game changer is this is its pricing model. Okay, which is so important today in our tough economy all over the world. People are trying to accelerate their business processes, find ways to grow, be competitive, and contain costs. That can be a huge challenge, as we all know. So, Kamesh, let's go back a little bit to your Leaders in the Cloud research study. Tell me, how much do business leaders really know about the cloud? Do they really have a grasp? You defined it, but what's in their minds? Are they still confused, or how do they know whether they're really ready to go to the cloud? Great question, Bonnie. Um, So in the last couple of years, we have been talking to hundreds of CIOs and enterprises, both large and small. And surprisingly, um, people are quite well aware of what's happening in the cloud. The the biggest challenge is, how do I take this and make it applicable to my business? Um, So in 2010, late 2010, we did a survey of executives in the software industry and ask them what kind of solutions their customers are adopting and how are they adopting and when are they adopting. And the surprising answer was more than 55% of their customers had already adopted cloud solutions in the last six months, and that's only accelerating. So what people typically do when they think of cloud, especially in the small and medium-sized enterprises, is Mm -hmm. something like Salesforce, something like using Gmail, uh, something like using uh, conferencing, you know, uh, go-to meetings. And these are all cloud services. Whether or not they know it, they don't have to spend um, any upfront capital investments. They're up and running. They buy the service, and uh, they have a pay-as-you-go option, and uh, they are productive immediately. Well, that sounds good. That sounds like a, a dream come true, especially for small to mid-sized businesses to get to kickstart their progress. Now, Lauren, I'm going to just dip back into the pool of alphabet soup for just a second. You specialize in IAAS. Can you tell us what is IAAS? Can you briefly describe PAAS and, of course, our friend SAS, S-A-A-S? Give us a little alphabet lesson, please. Definitely. So software as a service is where you're uh, purchasing software on a monthly basis based on user. Um, it's the most common type of cloud used today. It's also used by not only businesses, but by consumers. And, uh, Ramesh has been talking a lot about, uh, Ramesh has been talking a lot about that aspect of, uh, cloud, that software as a service, the Google, Salesforce of the world. I focus more on infrastructure as a service, and that's really the Amazon EC2s of the world. 
where you're actually buying compute power for a certain period of time. And the advantage of this service um, is that you're able to turn on these resources and turn them off when not being used. So for a lot of small and medium businesses, it takes away substantial hardware costs for, for these users. Um, and for enterprises, it's a great means to have this agility and differentiation for your business, where you're able to run a website promotion for two weeks, and then when it's not in use, shut those resources down. Um, platform as a service is really the most immature of these offerings. Uh, it's where you're able to uh, create applications specifically designed for the cloud. With applications in the cloud, it needs to be able to take advantage and be able to scale out over a substantial amount of resources instead of just living on one or two machines. Um, and these and platform as a service offerings allow users to be able to create applications specifically for this type of uh, um, to take advantage of cloud. I'm glad you can keep it all straight. <laughs> Thank you for the lesson. We're just about heading. I know we got a little late start here. We're heading for our first break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Kamesh and Lauren what's in their coffee or teacup today. And I will tell you that I'm drinking my usual tall mocha decaf skin with light whip. But today it's blended with cafe appassionato organic decaf. How exciting is that? And you two are going to help me Stretch apart the breakfast table. We're going to pull up two more chairs. And when we come back, we're going to bring on Dinesh Sharma, the new VP of Cloud Marketing for SAP, and Esteban Kolsky, the principal and founder of a think tank named Think Jar. How cool is that? So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you for joining us for the first segment here on Breakfast with Game Changers on the Business Channel. We have a lot more in store for you. We're going to dive even deeper into the weather forecast and see what's coming up way down the road. I'm going to ask my guests to look into that magic ball and, and help us look ahead to 2015 at the end of the show. So stick around. Okay, Justin, take us away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. No family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio. Host Deb Bixler brings you sales tips, lead generation systems, and best business practices that guarantee direct sales success. Whether you're looking for a little extra cash or a career change, The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio, will give you proven systems that will work in your home business. The Cash Flow Show. Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. 
comment on our weather forecast is for good clouds in the sky going way, way into the future. I'm talking with my first two guests, Kamesh Pemaraju, head of cloud research at the Sandhill Group, and Lauren Nelson, analyst at Forrester. Before I bring on my two new guests, I want to know, Kamesh, what are you drinking today on this beautiful cloudy day? I'm from the Northeast, Bonnie, so I'm a big Dunkin' Donuts nut. Uh, I'm not into big flavored coffee, but plain old Dunkin' Donuts coffee keeps America running. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. And Ms. Nelson, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking a cappuccino. Our Cambridge office just uh, installed a Pete's Coffee instant coffee maker that serves Pete's Coffee. So I've been very excited about that and uh, have been drinking that religiously every morning and afternoon. Are you drinking the high chest stuff or decaf like me? Um, definitely with caffeine. Okay. All right. I'm told I don't need any. But now I'm going to welcome two more people, and we want to find out what they're drinking. First, I'd like to bring on Dinesh Sharma, Vice President of Cloud Marketing for SAP. Dinesh has over 20 years of experience in the high-tech industry. He's a recent addition to the executive staff at SAP, and I'd like to welcome him. He's responsible for cloud messaging and the positioning of applications, platforms, and strategy. As the industry embraces the disruptive change that is known as cloud computing, Dinesh is leading our efforts to bring a consistent business-centric view of how the cloud will impact the enterprise today. Welcome, Dinesh. What are you drinking today? I'm drinking Major Dickinson's Two-Shot Americano, fully leaded. (laughs) And that leads me to our fourth guest. Esteban Kolsky is the principal and founder of ThinkChar, an advisory and research think tank focused on customer strategies. He has over 22 years in customer service and CRM consulting research and advisory services. He worked at Gartner for eight years and coined the term for EFM. Those of you wanting more alphabet soup, that's Enterprise Feedback Management and CIH, which stands for Customer Interaction Hub. He researched and wrote on social networking topics that led to today's social networking revolution, and he assisted Fortune 500 and Global 2000 organizations in their CRM deployments. Esteban Kolsky, welcome. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me over for breakfast, Bonnie. Oh, my pleasure. I need you to talk just a little bit louder, and I'm dying to know where are you calling from and what are you drinking today? I'm in Sacramento, California, in my home office, and uh, I was in Colombia last week, so I picked up some uh, Juan Valdez Authentic Colombia coffee. It's a new, um, it's a new uh, mix that they call Volcan, which is Volcano, which is the strongest one they've done so far. I'm very impressed. I think we might have to put Volcano into the cloud forecast at some point. So let's ask Dinesh, you want to add some thoughts to what we discussed, cloud definitions, your impressions of the business impact of cloud, Dinesh, show what we started talking about with Lauren and Kamesh in the first segment, please? Yeah, um, you know, following on from what Kamesh was saying, I really think that it's pervasive, and one of the issues that potentially cloud has had over time is it appears in many different guises and many different names. And as he touched on, you know, the daily uses of the cloud, I think people will start to see that they've been using cloud computing for a while. Gmail, incredibly fast time to value for something like that. You don't need to install anything on your system, and you have email. And you have a lot of email in terms of capacity and capability because Google keeps giving you more space. So, I mean, I think that's one of the things that as people start to see how they're using it, it will become uh, a lot more obvious how cloud has actually penetrated their lives. It also obviously helps when a company with the kind of pull that Apple has has a service now called iCloud. So the same way that potentially five years ago that people wouldn't have known what an app was, now my parents know what apps are. So Mm -hmm. cloud is going to become a very pervasive term, and I think it's going to be helped by things like that. Following on, from what La- following on from what Lauren said, I believe the pricing model is very, very important. The flexibility and the capabilities that the cloud also brings to companies, I think, is, is a sea change in our industry. I think um, one of the big suppliers of infrastructure as a service, Amazon Web Services, uses a, um, a case of a small company which built a video upload application called uh, – the application, I think, was from a company called Animoto – they were able to scale from 80 to 80 servers to something like 3,500 servers in the matter of three days. You know, that's about $10 million plus worth of servers. 
And if you had to pay for them and provision them yourself, mm-hmm. it never have happened. The, the, the change in capabilities in terms of business models and enabling newer businesses, I think, is, is one of the most exciting things as far as the cloud is concerned. Very interesting, and we're going to get into some of the cloud features and benefits in just a minute. But I want to hear from Esteban. What is ThinkJar? Why did you found it, and what do you think about all this cloud stuff? ThinkJar is a small uh, research firm. I, I, I spent, as you said in my introduction, I spent eight years at Gardner, and uh, I found it to be probably the absolute best job I had in my entire life. Uh, but there were a few constraints working there that, that I didn't didn't quite like. So when I left Gardner, um, I wanted to be on my own and, and explore in a different direction. And this is why I found ThinkChart. Now, talking about the cloud, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned earlier uh, the, the roots of the cloud go back to the 50s and the 60s. And, and you mm-hmm. know, although I'm not that old, thankfully, um, I would say that I've been following. <laughs> Careful. <the> cloud for a, <laughs> go ahead. I, I've been following the cloud for a very long time. I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited that we're finally getting into a a good deployment of the cloud computing model. Um, everything that the other guests have said is, is correct, and I think that one thing I want to highlight is like um, we talk so far about benefits to two different groups here, um, the consumers and the businesses, and, and mm-hmm. both have equal um, benefits that, that, that's derived from using the cloud. So there's uh, so much more. I mean, I don't think we have a, you know ten in the next hour to cover, but the, the, the bottom line on the cloud is like you know it's all about flexibility. It's about the flexibility for businesses to do what they need to do when they need to do it. It's about the flexibility for consumers to be anywhere they want and do anything that they want to do. Okay, let's get into public versus private cloud. I'd still like to do a little definition level setting for our audience. So who wants to take that? Somebody just vocally raise your hand. Who wants to just give us a quick public versus private so we can establish that? I would would love to to do that if you don't mind, Bonnie. Sure, go ahead. So the, 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 there's a the, the private cloud is a, is, is a bit of a misnomer because if you actually look at the definition for a, for the cloud, uh, the public cloud calls for an, uh, actually sorry the, the standard cloud calls for an open network as the basis for operations, um, and the private cloud calls for a closed network as the basis for operations. Mm-hmm. So right off the top, you know, if you're going to go back to definitions, the private cloud is a misnomer and something that. Um, shouldn't be allowed to exist, essentially, in my opinion. But, but you know, the way we've been using it is, you know, public cloud is anything that's open and integrated that anybody can have access to. And whenever you deploy cloud computing architecture behind a firewall inside an organization, we, we tend to call that private cloud. And it's a little bit of a, a, a play of words to allow um, CIOs and internal organizations to explain to their users that they're in the cloud. Okay, I want to get Dinesh to weigh in on this. Yeah, Public, I, private, I, I, what do you think? Yeah, I have a slightly different take on that. And this is Please. that, uh, uh, you know, traditionally large enterprises can start to have a very siloed way of looking at things and their demands upon IT, even though IT is meant to be the uh, where everything converges and people put together the right requirements for the number of systems that are needed for different groups. Uh, ultimately, you know, they're responsible for delivering business value, and they can't stop the business. And so they tend to over-provision. There's silos of different organizations with different requirements. By going to an internal, a, a private cloud infrastructure behind the firewall, it gives the IT department the capability to, to use that flexibility. So some groups when they're running through, you know, consolidations or quarter and close may need more systems resources at that time, but those resources can be freed up for other people to use. So essentially, the silos inside of um, inside the systems house from different organizations, lines of business, start to melt away, and you produce a much more flexible and capable computing resource for your company, even though it is behind the firewall. So, you know... I have a slightly different take on that, and I do think it's very valid, and I think it's going to be an area of tremendous growth uh, in, in, uh, uh, in, in, in business over the next few years. And we'll really like add that a couple, in your prediction uh, when we wrap up the show. Morning. Before uh, we go we, to break, we did, I wanted to get Tanesh's take on uh, public versus forum on sandhill.com, and there was a very lively debate on this very topic, private versus public. Mm-hmm. I actually took the, uh, the stand that private clouds actually make business sense, uh, you would you would ask the question why pay for all that capital maintenance labor costs? Do private clouds really make economic sense? Uh, 
Uh, and the answer for many companies, as it turned out during our research, is a resounding yes. Corporate data centers are not going away anytime soon. Cloud computing is not the end of IT as we know it. The idea that someday we're going to throw a switch and move everything to an external cloud is not a practical or realistic scenario. It just isn't going to happen in the foreseeable future. Uh, just look at how many billions of dollars is invested in IT infrastructure. I, I spoke with some very large Fortune 500 companies that have upwards of 200,000 servers across multiple data centers. Now, they're not going to turn those off and go to Amazon. Uh, and there, there are too many critical applications running behind that firewall. There are too many important business processes and critical sensitive data that's not going outside the firewall anytime soon. So I think what, what needs to happen in private clouds is to bring those efficiencies and automation that public clouds have, think Amazon, think Google, think Microsoft data centers, and bring them into the, into the private clouds and make them as efficient as those public clouds. And okay, I'm going to have to break this up because we're right at the edge of our halfway break, but I want everybody to hold those wonderful thoughts. When we come back on the other side of halfway, we're going to continue this. We're going to talk about cloud features and benefits, including many we've mentioned, agility, cost, device and location independence, multi-tenancy, that's something we have to discuss, reliability, scalability, performance, security, and maintenance. But I'm going to kick off the next segment with Lauren Nelson and ask her, how green is cloud computing? Then we'll go into all of our features and benefits. So Dinesh, Kamesh, Lauren, and Esteban, hang tight, refresh your cup, and the same thing to our listeners. We'll be right back on the other side. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and thank you for joining us for Breakfast with Game Changers. Justin, let's do it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com what does a visual workplace mean to you how does it contribute to operational excellence and what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place listen to the visual workplace work that makes sense to find out each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. enjoying breakfast with game changers presented by sap to speak with bonnie d graham and her guests please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag pound sign s-a-p-r-a-d-i-o now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. 
precisely. Let's get back. And I've got around my very big expanded breakfast table, Kamesh Pemaraju from the Sandhill Group, Ms. Lauren Nelson, analyst at Forrester Research. We've got Dinesh Sharma, a VP of Cloud Marketing for SAP, and Esteban Kolsky, the principal and founder of ThinkJar. Okay, everybody's had time to refresh their coffee or whatever. Well, you're all coffee crowd, which is good, and it sounds like you're all... High test today. I appreciate that. Lauren Nelson, before we dive into talking about the cloud vendor landscape, I have to ask this very timely question. How green is cloud computing? Well, as a technology, cloud computing is a a green technology. The very fundamentals of how cloud architecture exists is green in that you are increasing utilization rates, you're creating a highly efficient environment um, through multi-tenancy and the scalability that is involved with cloud. Um, But the main thing that we're seeing is from customers and enterprises is that that's not the reason to go to cloud. A lot of enterprises and customers like to know that they are engaging in green technologies and add it to their green strategy and include that Mm. when they're uh, talking to their customers and uh, internally about what their green efforts and practices are. But as far as driver to go to cloud, that's not something we're, we're seeing at Forrester. Um, and that goes along with almost any green technology out there. The main driver is cost, and the green side effect is actually um, something that's just a nice to have. I like that. I like that nice to have because customers are looking to differentiate businesses, not just on the services and products they provide, but on their attitude. Would you agree with that, Lauren? Definitely. One of the biggest themes this year is the idea of consumerization of IT, and almost Mm -hmm. every industry and product out there is moving towards giving the customer, the end user, more of what they'd like, and uh, green is one one of those aspects of consumerization of IT. I love it. Thank you. That's that's great information and good attitude adjustment. Okay, for companies that are listening, uh, go green. Now, we want to talk about the cloud vendor landscape, and in the process of that, we'll talk about the features and benefits I mentioned, agility cost. Somebody's going to have to define multi-tenancy and scalability for us in a minute, but let's talk about the playing field. So you know what cloud is. So your company says, we have to grow. We can't afford a major IT department, a huge server farm. As Kamesh said, they might already have an investment, but they want to stop that drain on the infrastructure, the cost drain. So they want to go to the cloud and expand, and they see green, blue skies out there. How do they know where to go? Vendor landscape, who's out there? Uh, Dinesh, why don't you introduce us to the vendor landscape? I know you're heavily involved in that. So who's out there, and what does it look like? Well, obviously, I I think uh, some of the panelists have already discussed some of the uh, guys who are more well-known in the space on the infrastructure side, uh, the people who provide essentially just servers so that you can actually grow your business without having to make an investment in a data center, the Amazons and potentially Microsofts of the world, um, together with you know other companies out there. Uh, obviously, as Lauren was mentioning, is that the platform side of it is a, is a little bit more immature, but that is actually one of the more exciting spaces that uh, exists in the cloud uh, environment so that you can create applications quickly uh, and bring time to value to your users. So we think at SAP that that's going to be a very, very important part of the world. Obviously, the place that touches most people are the, is the SaaS applications, the ability to, to get email up and running. So now Gmail is not just your personal email. Now Google goes off and sells that to large municipalities and companies and you know, large biotech companies, I think, have already signed up for things like that. So you know, there's a number of people out there. But on the, on the, as far as SAP is concerned, SAP, to follow a point that Kamesh was making before about private data centers, um, mm-hmm. Those are not going away. We actually see a world which is less black and white and more gray, what we call essentially a hybrid world, where you are going to be mixing things which we call on-premise or behind, behind your firewall together with expanded capabilities in the public side. So SAP wants to offer solutions that kind of fit that particular model. Um, you know, and, and there's going to be things that you can't do anything about. Regulatory issues, which say that data has to be resident in a particular place and you have to be mm-hmm. able to point to where that data is. So security and data management are things which are going to, I think, persist in this space. And SAP is, I think, very well positioned to kind of take advantage of how to look at this new hybrid world um, where you have to mix stuff which is already on-premise, um, 
you know, solutions which you've invested many, you know, hundreds of man years of effort in. But sure. together with the agility that you might want to bring on a solution for a subsidiary somewhere which has to tie into your back-end systems very, very quickly. And I think that gray world is really where, you know, we see the, uh, things going. It's not one way or the other. It's somewhere in the middle. Good. Well, cloudy might be an apl application in the weather <laughs> yes, forecast where it is a little bit cloudy, even though the clouds are the thing we're striving for. I want to turn to Kamesh talking about the broad topic of vendor selection. You told me there are must-haves and there are gotchas. What did you mean by that, Kamesh? Well, I think of uh, transitioning to cloud as a, as a change management journey, Bonnie. It's, it's not really about technology. It's about making that change. And, and we talked about an eight-step roadmap earlier, and mm -hmm. I think the very first step is adopting a progressive mindset. Uh, you know, there's a lot of emotional uh, challenges and cultural challenges, you know, everything from the fear of the unknown to risk aversion to fear of loss of control, fear of job losses, et cetera, that needs to be overcome. So having done that, you need to have some sort of a very quick, um, demonstrated quick wins to your management and to your peers to show that this is something that's viable and, and that's something people can, you know, uh, show some real value of. So we talked about setting up an innovation sandbox, you know, solving very specific and tactical problems and building confidence and achieving quick results. Uh, and that's a very important first couple of steps, in, especially in large enterprises, so they can show that there is a business case for the cloud there is the business agility, operational efficiency, return on investment, and there's also a case for outsourcing if you're using public cloud vendors. And when, when it comes to gotchas, obviously this is uh, an evolving technology. Standards are still evolving. So there are a number of questions you have to ask. What's the reliability of the vendor you're, you're, you're dealing with? What's the longevity? What's the track record? What kind of SLAs do you get? Uh, are there certification standards that uh, the vendor is able to provide, you know, based on your industry requirements, you know, FISMA, HIPAA, and PCI, and, you know, alphabet soup of uh, sure. certifications that are needed, and security. So those are the big gotchas uh, before you move there, but and start small, experiment, find what, what works for you, and then start plunging in. This is, the cloud is here to stay. And embrace the disruption. That's what I hear you say. You know, when we had our first show on October 5th, I was joined by SAP VP of Mobility Sales, Dan Mahold, and we defined game changers. And we said they're disruptive. They're exciting. They change the status quo. Game changer could be a thing, a person, a technology, a strategy, a tool. But basically, it's something that just shakes it up. And what comes out on the other side is not the same. And it's for the reason to make things better. So I hear you, Kamesh, talking about about that incubation sandbox, shake it up, pull some people in who have that forward-looking futuristic mindset and say, hey, the future is here today. Let's get together and let's figure out how we're going to do it without impacting the company the way it's running, but building something for the future. Now, Lauren, uh, cloud fine. research, I just, just want to ask what? you, do we have any proof that it's working well? Are the research findings you're seeing problem-focused or success-based? Can you give me a clue here? Well, it really depends what aspect you're looking at. Um, we talked a lot about the alphabet soup of software as a service, infrastructure as a service, platform. Um, I tend to focus more on the infrastructure side. From what we see, the private versus public trends, earlier on uh, someone mentioned that private and public have very different returns. Um, and what we're seeing is enterprises are scared and not willing to exceed cloud as that game changer. And so they're going, instead of creating a cloud strategy that includes public cloud in the near future, they're going towards private environments. And with that, a lot of them don't have enough virtualization maturity. A lot of them don't understand what it means to be a private cloud um, and are often building pieces of the private cloud component but not putting the incentives in place to make that environment successful. So they're making a highly inefficient environment and not actually uh, benefiting from the cloud. They're also expecting high cost savings from a private cloud, whereas that's just not going to be the case. Public cloud is something where you can receive some kind of cost savings. Um, both environments, the real benefit there is agility. Um, mm -hmm. With public cloud, we are seeing a lot of uh, interest in, in public, but it's usually not enterprise-wide interest. Um, for the most part, those that we've seen have gone to public cloud, have gone to public cloud as a test and dev and play, but not as an enterprise-wide cloud strategy. Um, 
So that's, for the most part, what we're, we're seeing as far as trends in the market, as far as success rate goes. Some that have gone to the cloud early, some of the early adopters in public cloud have uh, gone to the cloud and tried to uh, put in their entire workload sets in the cloud because they don't want to build a new data center or they don't want to invest in a uh, hosted environment where they're going to be signing a long-term contract. But the problem with cloud is it's actually more expensive on a per-use-per-hour basis. When you add up all the different pieces and components, it's actually going to be more expensive. It's just the hotel versus buying a house um, kind of analogy. The long-term investment. We are just about approaching our time for a break, but we haven't talked about specifically the size of businesses who are appropriate for moving to the cloud. Can I get, um, Kamesh, I know you've done a lot of research on this, just a quick 20-second answer. What size businesses should even be thinking about it today? Uh, there is no uh, clear answer there from what we have seen. Both SMEs, small and medium-sized enterprises, as well as large enterprises are embracing the cloud. Their okay. motivations and drivers are different. Uh, but generally what we're seeing is large enterprises are going the private cloud route, whereas the SMEs are moving towards SaaS and more public cloud offerings. That's Thank you, Kamesh. We're going to finish that thought when we come back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking with Kamesh Pemaraju with Sandhill Group, Lauren Nelson at Forrester, Dinesh Sharma at SAP, and Esteban Kolsky at ThinkJar. We're going to wrap up our conversation and do some crystal ball predictions of cloud, what it's going to look like in 2015 when we come back. So hang tight, refresh your coffee. See you on the other side. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network being here with ariel and shia kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment this show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment don't miss being here tune in every wednesday at 9 a.m pacific 12 noon eastern with ariel and shia kane right here on the seventh wave network are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Breakfast with Game Changers. I can't believe how fast the time has gone. We're down to our last nine-minute segment here on Breakfast with Game Changers. I'm speaking with Kamesh Pemaraju, Sandhill Group, Lauren Nelson Forrester, Dinesh Sharma, SAP, and Esteban Kolsky, Think Jar. Now, let's do a wrap-up. I know we've barely dipped our toe in the very, very vast ocean of cloud computing today. So first, I'm going to ask all of you, raise of hands, would you all like to come back and do cloud part two with me in a couple of weeks? Hey! Hey. Yes. All right. Okay. And different coffee all around. 
Okay, so let's go in the order in which you join me at the table. I'm going to ask the topic question here. The cloud has dramatically changed how businesses run today and how they will operate tomorrow. Look into your crystal ball with all of your deep knowledge and wherever you come from and predict what the cloud will look like in 2015. Kamesh Pemaraju, let's start. One minute. Okay, I'll quote some real data here. Uh, We did a survey and asked software executives where they think their revenues would be their cloud revenues would be as a percentage of their total revenues in five years. And the surprising and shocking answer was that 43% of, uh, 43% of them said that their cloud revenues would be 81 to 100% in five years. Mm. And that's an incredible number. Think of that. In five years' time, uh, you know, 40, 50% of the market will, will be in the cloud totally. And that's a, that's a revolutionary thing. And uh, personally, my two cents is, Eventually, in the next 10 years, uh, a lot of stuff will go to the public cloud, uh, despite the fact that I defended the private cloud in, in mm-hmm. the earlier segment. Uh, yes. I believe the economics of the public cloud are just way too compelling, uh, but there's always be that 20 to 30% that can't or won't go to the cloud. So 80% of the cloud in 10 years from now, public cloud. Thank that's my, and I want you to give me decision. a 10-second definition of multi-tenancy before we move to Lauren. Uh, to me, multi-tenancy is just making, taking advantage of the uh, resources, the compute, uh, storage, and network resources you have, and share them amongst multiple customers, just like okay. you have multi-tenanted apartments. It's one landowner. It's one set of resources that's shared among many people. So you get like cost efficiencies. Big- you get better performance. You get better control. Like a big co-op. Okay, Lauren Nelson, predict 2015 or beyond. What do you see the cloud looking like? Uh, well, before I get to that, just to go off multi-tenancy, I think that yes. also um, in the private cloud definition for multi-tenancy, I think that can also include multi-tenant between business users within an enterprise as well, um, and not Good. just multiple customers. Um, as far as predictions going uh, for 2015, I think we're going to start seeing some cloud standardization um, coming for, for 2015, and we're just going to start seeing some of these standards development organizations um, coming up with some, some standard architecture and APIs so that some of these uh, clouds will be much more uh, interoperable between them, and you're going to be able to have more portability between these public clouds so that cloud brokers of sorts will be able to, to really get a business, uh, good business model there. Beyond that, I really think we're going to be going towards hybrid, where we're going to have hybrid between on-premise, whether it be private or traditional um, resources, um, and your end a mix of public cloud, where you're going to be able to access both resources through that single single pane of glass. So that's my, my Thank prediction. Thank you. I like the pane of glass. That, that's a good good analogy for what we're doing looking into the future. Let's turn to Dinesh Sharmat, SAP. What's your prediction, Dinesh? I think over the next three to five years, we're going to see a change in how businesses actually run. So the ability to create new business networks as, as you need. You know, we live in a, in a world of global supply chains. Wouldn't it be great that you could move uh, your suppliers from Vietnam to Singapore without having to worry about the nine months it might take for you to get your um, your systems connected together? So really bringing those types of efficiencies um, to businesses in the future, ultimately are going to benefit everybody. They're going to move much faster. They're going to be able to continue to drive costs down, be more flexible, allow more customization. And the other major trend I see is essentially enterprise mobility. Uh, following on from Lauren's point around green, you know, just mm-hmm. the fact that you know, standard laptops and desktop computers aren't consuming this. The world's going to move towards consuming this type of business data across mobile tablet-type devices and, uh, you know, really having the solutions to kind of um, uh, allow businesses to operate in the field are going to be very important. Thank you very much. And let's turn to Esteban Kolsky, principal and founder of ThinkJar. What does ThinkJar say about the future of the cloud, Esteban? Well, there, there's three three scenarios that I like to paint here. I mean, the, 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 the short-term scenario, which is two to three years, where we're going to see the evangelization and the the learning of the cloud. I mean, everything we discussed today is mostly based on, on, on the inability to create a single definition, a single concept for the cloud, and we're going to see that happening in the next two to three years. We're going to see the term private cloud begin to disappear once we realize that preparing internal infrastructures to take advantage of the, of the, the, the public cloud, what is called today the public cloud, but the real cloud, is going to be much more beneficial than trying to build their own internal infrastructure. 
in a, in a five to seven year you know, mid-term scenario, we're going to see an increasingly um, heavy adoption of cloud computing by, by virtually everybody, both consumers and businesses, and we start to see the benefits that, we're, that, that the cloud is going to bring. Now, if we go to the 10 to 15 year time frame, um, we're going to see that the cloud is not going to be 50 or 60 percent, but it's rather going to be close to 100 percent of deployments across, and we're going to see the issues of multi-tenancy, private cloud, and all these things that are just leftovers of our inability to adopt an, uh, an open cloud computer model today start to disappear, and we're going to see a much better scenario where businesses and consumers will truly benefit from the cloud. Thank you. Thank you. It looks like we have a very starry and rosy picture painted ahead. I want to take a moment here to tell our listeners what's coming up here on Breakfast with Game Changers. Oh, we have two minutes left. Good. That should be plenty of time. And then I will thank you all. November 9th, next Wednesday. Hey, if you're not collaborating yet with your customers and partners in what we like to say is a two-way communication drip using social networking, yes, I use the word customers and partners in the same sentence with social networking. Listen up as we discuss social business, the vital new communications game changer for companies today. November 16th, when a big company wants to serve localized market needs, the word subsidiary often comes to mind. Join us for a lively discussion about managing your subsidiary ecosystem as a competitive game changer. And November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving, as millions of people travel to join their family and friends, we'll We'll be right here talking about Mobility Goes Home for the Holidays. This is a don't-miss show. I want to thank Jeff Spinard and his game-changing team at Voice America. I want to thank SAP Master Talent Scout Malcolm Kimberlin, and happy birthday. And I want to thank my mom for listening to us live every Wednesday online. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you, too. Lauren Nelson at Forrester, Kamesh Pemiraja with Sandhill Group. Thank you to Dinesh Sharma at SAP and Esteban Kolsky at ThinkJar. We'll talk to you next week here on Breakfast with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Breakfast with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the breakfast conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.